Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. have spent time coaching. I've coached sports that I had no idea what I was doing. Soccer, had no idea. But I coached it, Jesse, I did. And I coached baseball, I coached basketball, and spent a lot of times with teams that come back together. And we start preparing for the season that is upcoming. And in those times and in those meetings, I'm sure I've said a lot of wise and poignant things, things that and stir up and get them ready to go and play the season. One of the things that coaches say often is the phrase, there is no I in team. And that's what we're going to think about for a minute. There is no I in team. Now, as a wetting of the appetite for the evening, I'm going to pull a, a Giles Black, Giles Titus Black. I was talking with him one time, having a discussion about differing views that are out there. And he said, which one do you want me to take? He can argue both sides, didn't matter. Well, I'm going to argue both sides. This morning I'm going to tell you that there is no I in team. But if you get online tonight, you will hear the other side of that coin. There is an I in team. But for today. We know what we're talking about when we say that. You've heard it a lot. You may have been on a team when that was even used. But you know what it means. It means the word team, T-E-A-M, has no I in it. And the point of the coach in saying that is to say, we're going to function as a team. We're going to function as a, a unit. We're not going to be a bunch of individuals. Well, the team is coming back together. The team is reassembling. The team is going to work together. This is the beginning of getting things back to teamwork. And I want you to think with that or think about that today. Number one, God used that phrase in Romans 12 and verse 3 that was just read. There is no I in team. Now notice how he did that. He did it by saying, you should not, none of us, no I should think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. What happens in a team when individuals begin to place themselves above the team? They are thinking of themselves too highly. And that is not beneficial to the team. And so he says, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but think 
soberly. That is, with a sober mind. Think with proper thinking. Think with consideration and good thought process. Because every one of you has a measure of faith. He's talking to his team. God is talking to his team through Paul to the Romans. And he is saying to his team, each one of you has a measure of faith. And in this team, in this place, each one of us has a measure of faith. And that measure of faith is beneficial to the team. And therefore, each one of us should have a proper view of ourselves. There is no I in team. Since that is true, let's notice for a minute the body language in Scripture. Those of us who spend a lot of time in front of people speaking in groups, or those of us who spend one-on-one -on -one time counseling and discussing, or if we spend small group time, you know what body language is all about, don't you? You can probably think of times when body language that you are reading in that situation has been very interesting. I think of an old fellow, the place where we worked in Arnold, Missouri, and I preached for five years. And the body language of this old man. He sat right there where Matt is. And he, when I got up, to preach. He sat there, he folded his hands, and his head began to drop. And as it dropped, he began to lean. I figured my job was to finish just before he fell into the floor. <laughs> Body language. Two or three of you have said, one in particular that I remember well, no longer with us. When you're preaching, if you see my eyes shut, I'm concentrating. Okay. And then you have certain people like when you mention body language, intentionally do things to throw you off. Not going to work. But we know what body language is, right? We read it. We see it. It informs us of things. There's body language in Scripture. God talks about body language, the team. He identifies the team in body language, and he says things like this. The team is one. It is a whole there is a wholeness, a oneness to the body of Christ. This body of Christ includes all people. This oneness, this body. He says, look, you are one. 
in Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 4. He writes about seven things of which there is only one. And one of those is the one body. Who is that one body? Who comprises that one body? One of the Corinthians in chapter 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 17, he said, we are all one body. We are one bread. We all partake of the one bread. Who is that one body? Well, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13 says, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we're all one in Christ Jesus. Here is the point. There's a oneness that is in the body of Christ, the team of God. And without all of the ones, this is not a good team. Think about it this way. There are those today in this assembly who are wearing masks because that's what they feel they need to do. That's okay. There are those who are not wearing masks because they feel that's comfortable to them. That's okay. There are those who aren't here because they feel it is best not to be here yet. That's okay. There's a oneness here that allows us to accept everyone in their station in life, no matter what it is. And boy, don't we need to hear in our country today the oneness of the team being together. Boy, we need that lesson more than any other right now. Because the team accepts everybody on the team and does not try to dismiss anyone. There is a wholeness, a oneness that God expects us to honor. Body language says to be one. Body language says, and you make sure that you include everyone. You make sure that everyone is included. Listen to what happened in Ephesians chapter 2. He himself is our peace. Having broken down the middle wall of separation, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to make of himself one new man, so having made peace. And he might bring them into one body, having destroyed or demolished the enmity. If those people of this first century, Jews and Gentiles who hated each other, could come into oneness and wholeness in the team, then every one of us can do it as well. 
And as we bring ourselves back together, as we reunite the team, as we form for the future again, let us be reminded, let us be again sold on the idea that according to Scripture, we are one. And every single person is on the team and important. You know why? Because we're all connected to the head. Paul told the Ephesians. Formed, connected to the head with joints and ligaments, nourished by what every joint and ligament supplies. The wholeness comes from the nourishing that flows back and forth. The oneness comes by the connection to the head. The body language says that we are this team working together. But then he tells me more about the body. He says Jesus Christ is the head, Ephesians 1, 22 and 3. He's the head of the body. The church, he gave himself for it. We are connected to him. Ephesians 5 and verse 30, we are of his flesh and of his bones. That's an interesting phrase. I don't know that I've ever sat and studied and thought about that before. But when you think of a physical body, what is he saying? We are the structure. It's not brick and mortar. It's flesh and bones. We are connected to the head and to each other in the same way that each physical body is connected to itself. And third, we've all been called into that, Colossians 3 and verse 15. We're called into oneness. We're called into connectivity. We are called into being the team of God. One. Because there's no I in team. I want to give you a, a way, hopefully, to think about the body of Christ. To think about the body idea that, G, that God uses to describe who we are as his team. And I'm going to use it sort of as an acrostic with the word body, but four letters, but two concepts. To understand body, build others, develop yourself. That's who we are. Build others. That is, encourage, strengthen, and help. To the Thessalonians, Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 11, that you would continue to edify one another just as you are doing. God wants us 
to edify each other, to build each other up. That's the idea of being on a team. I am surely convinced after all of my coaching that a, the success of a team is tied to a number of things. Here's one of them. Those who play the most recognize the value of those who don't play as much. Because in practice, everybody plays. And these people are helping develop those people. And those who don't play as much appreciate the talent level of those who are playing a lot because they are the face of the team and they are helping them to get to a winning season. They don't look down on each other being upset because I can't play as much or because you're not as good. No, the team builds each other. If the team of the Lord's church doesn't work to build each other up, then it will not function as a team. Number two, develop yourself. Develop yourself. Paul said to the Colossians in chapter 1, he said, walk worthy according to that which you were called. Walk worthy, how so? Building up yourself. There's a responsibility that I have to build me, just like there's a responsibility for you to help build me. But it's not just about you doing your part. I have to do mine. We have to Build ourselves. Peter would say in 1 Peter 2 and verse 2, desire the pure milk of the word that you might grow thereby. Build yourself. So what's he saying? Build others. Develop yourself. That is the body of Christ. So as we think about this team moving forward, everything we ought to do, everything that we will do, must either be to build others and to develop self. That's body. And I call us all to that idea. I call us all to be the body of Christ no I in team. We are one. We are connected. We each person matter. And there is a connection that only I can provide or that only you can provide. One of the reasons why we can't wait to get back into this forum is because worship does that. Assembly does that. When God was talking about through the pen of his writers, he was talking about the worship time. And when we sing together, what does that do? It builds each other up. When you spend time in fellowship with each other, what does it do? It builds each other up. Don't you feel better? Because you had the opportunity 
to get out today and be in this assembly. Isn't it better than the three months we've been in? Because we're together and just the energy, just the opportunity to see and be around, you feel better. And it's just going to get better and better. And I'll tell you what is part of the better. Hearing those kids again. That's part of the better. How many of us can hardly wait till Camden gets back? That's what it's about. It's the team. The team that has no eyes. Jesus lived that example. He said, it's not about I, Father. It's about you. And I'll do your will. And in that garden when he prayed, he was willing to do the Father's will and give himself up. Oh, but he wished it could be different. That's what happens when I merges with the team. I'm willing to give up myself to be with the team. Jesus did that for you and he did it for me. What an example and a motivation for each one of us to give up ourselves for the team. If you're not on Team Jesus, if you've not let his sacrifice influence you to, to be his child, being immersed into him in order to be a part of this body team, as we start back and start generating our teamwork again, I think today would be a gray day for you to decide. Today, I'm going to become a child of God. For any who are online listening, if you're ready to obey your Lord in baptism, certainly let someone help you. Let us help. And for every one of us to make a commitment again to say, I want to be on the team and I'm ready to start. As is our normal practice, we're going to sing a song of encouragement. And if you want here today to respond and ask for prayers or to help have this church help you, or if online you want to recommit this song encourages that for all of us. You can meet our shepherds. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.